DJ PK brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. PK, yeah. today is election day. He going to win, isn't he? Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a he, yeah. I guess unless you're talking about the vice president, right? But yes, he is going to win. And he is important to you. And you do not like the other person. Now, which he and which other person, you know, sort that out for yourself. But PK. Well, is the other guy really a person, though? I would argue that. <laughs> oh, you're going to break stories about alien life now? Well, the is way he you're behaves, going? you know, you got to wonder, is he really, really a human being? That's all I'm saying. So, people are going to turn on the TV and root really hard tonight. People are going to turn on the TV and root really hard Friday. And both will be very important to you. But if you could only have one, would you trade one for the other? BYU fans, this is the biggest game you've played in years. Would you trade having your guy, and let's face it, we know who your guy is. Would you, fa- would you <laughs> be willing to have your guy lose if BYU wins Friday night? <laughs> I just know you made someone yell at the radio right then. He's not my guy! He's oh, somewhere, somewhere somebody yelled that. We I know, know they did. Hey, come on, man. There's no question we know who your guy is. You want that 70-something-year-old dude to be in the White House. Who are you kidding? Don't judge me as a group, PK. I heard you say that earlier in the show. Now you're painting with a broad brush. I know that's An happening. An accurate brush. You want that 70-something guy in the White House. Let's be honest. See, they're both over 70. I got it. I got it. I see what you, I see what you done did there. I seen, I seen that. By the way, I don't know who it was or how it started, but I seen that turned into a big thing on Twitter uh, a couple days ago, maybe a week ago. I'm bad with time now, but it's uh, always been that way. Yeah, and it was hilarious. I, I every tweet I read, I read in your voice. I could totally hear you screaming that on the radio. I seen that. Yeah. And they spell lose, L-O-O-O-S-E. I, I saw that on Twitter today, too. Yes. I thought of <laughs> loose. He's going to loose. <laughs> I didn't know that that song, Turn Me Loose, is actually Turn Me Loose. They just spelled it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you turn me loose. Turn me loose. <laughs> Utah things that I've come to know and love and appreciate. Oh, <laughs> Here it comes now. Here they come. Most of my Mormon friends hate Trumpo. Utah County Mormons liking the see what you've done, PK. We had a perfectly good show going. Come on, man. Admit it. What's the big deal? It's okay. I didn't know. So this this makes me paint some kind of Davis County, Utah County thing going on. (laughs) Yak, is that true? Yeah, they have a different set of standards up there. I mean, that's why they're in a position they're <laughs> there in. There are distinct differences between the three major population centers along the Wasatch Front. Okay, now we're going to psychoanalyze three million people in the state of Utah, break them down by county. Ready and go. go. Well, what would what would make you happier, having your guy win or having BYU win Saturday, Friday night? This is a gigantic game. The great thing about this game... All these critics that have been just running their mouth about the schedule, gone, gonzo, see you later, good night, Irene, don't want to hear it anymore. You go up to Boise and you win. That's I a huge win. I don't want to hear it. 
Yeah, BYU and Utah and Utah State have all gone up there and had problems. Sometimes right. they knew they were going to have problems. Sometimes they didn't know they were going to have problems. But in the end, what they all had in common was a combined 16 straight losses. One for the Utes. Horrific. Took you fans years, not really to get over it, more to just ignore it. Uh, that was a long time ago. It doesn't matter anymore. Every time I've been to Boise, I've had problems. <laughs> Haven't you been there for, like, uh, jazz camp back in the day or the NCAA basketball tournament? See, well, the Utes went up there for basketball and didn't have problems in the NCAA tournament. That's where they went on the way to the 98 title game. Uh, that's correct. They won yeah. two games in Boise. And they've done it, uh, well, the one other time they went and they split. But they beat Long Beach and lost to Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, 95, I think. Van Horn's... Uh, freshman year? Sophomore, sophomore year. Sophomore freshman year was year. bad. Sophomore year, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was up there. Yeah, I've been up there. And I've been up there for regular season games in basketball. I've been up there for football multiple times. Uh, so, sure. And I've actually... No, it's a, it's, a, it's a lovely place. I've gone up there for recreation and floated a river, went to a concert, rode bikes, rented bikes and rode around to town had dinner outside at one of their lovely places downtown it's not as scenic as here i don't think but i've come to know and love idaho a lot more than i ever would have thought of growing (laughs) up in new jersey (laughs) (laughs) sitting in jersey watching the rose bowl you can kind of guess yeah pasadena would be awesome yeah you think yeah (laughs) idaho would be idaho Hmm. yeah uh, that's for sure. I'd never been to Idaho until I moved to Utah, but now I've been many times over the years, and it's a fine place. If I had to live there, it wouldn't be a problem. My neighbor uh, that we were close to actually worked for, what's it, American Stores? He was an attorney, Albertsons and the, yeah. and the like, and got transferred up there. And they've been up there many years now. And he is actually a Southern California guy. Got the job in Salt Lake, ended up moving right next door to me. And a big UCLA guy, we used to go back and forth with them, and then he had to go, got transferred up there, and they've been there for many years, and they're fine. So it's a very nice place. But it's a huge game. You know, for me, the election, there's a thing going around on the Internet I saw today. It says, you know what I'm going to do the day after the, the, day after the election if my candidate loses? Number one, go to work. Number two, be happy. Number three, live my life. Number four, love others. If he wins, same. That's the way I've always felt. I'm not a guy who gets worked up politically. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I'm just having fun by saying uh, your guy. You're still going to have to get up and go to work and, uh, yeah. and pay the rent and pay the mortgage yeah. the next day, regardless exactly. of who the president is. Right, right yeah. So, and uh, I like to think of myself as an American. And that's the, I got I to say, though, it's, it's one thing that's bothered me here recently is that it seems like you were a member of a political party rather than a an American and I couldn't imagine rooting against a an Ameri- rooting against America because I don't like the guy or gal who won the election. You're rooting against your own pocketbook is really sense to the me. whole rising tide lifts all boats. You know, so, your own your own pocketbook, your own happiness, all that. Whoever stuff. wins, I wish them well tonight. And uh, I wish them well. If it's the same guy, then there's no, they don't have a re-inauguration, do they, right? They yeah. just continue as No, they, they'll, they'll be in inauguration. One way Either way? Yep, either way. That seems like a waste of money. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but I guess it's the point is like every four is separate and distinct, and the people chose this person. And if it happens to be the same person, you know, every election matters. It's not just. Uh, okay, but just 
Listen. I would just continue. Yeah. But, you know, and if they change it, uh, the other guy wins, and I'm going to hope he has success until uh, she takes over. No, I'm just kidding there. Uh, I want uh, I want America to succeed. You just I can't want, help and, yourself, and, and, can you? <laughs> I can't, no. I have fun with it. I mean, that's what people – it's not that I can't help myself. It's that people don't want me to help myself. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of that, too. All right, here come the people. Caustic Cougar at Caustic Cougar. Uh, BYU impacts my happiness way more than who is president. So I guess he'll take uh, if he can't if he can't have the sweep he'll take the win Friday over the win Tuesday. Uh, Cameron says I'll take the BYU win because either way we're getting an idiot in the White House. Cameron, <laughs> wow, downer. Next four years, we're screwed. Uh, <laughs> an idiot in the White House, so it don't matter. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if Cameron's from Jersey. Let's just... Uh, <laughs> Very few of us out here. At Orem, Utah. Well, Orem now, so I don't know. I know Cameron a little bit. He's a Utah guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, having lived here for a number of years, I see very little difference between uh, Utah County and northern North Jersey. Oh, my so. gosh. When I when I moved here and I found out there was... Uh, it was I moved in, in August and started work just as the high school football season got underway. And there was a big game, and a guy at the station was explaining to me, oh, yeah, it's a big game because east side, west side rivalry. I'm like, huh? <laughs> There's a big thing between the east side of Salt Lake County and the west side of Salt Lake County? You're kidding me. <laughs> no, that's very serious. I didn't know. And now we know, and here we are. Yep, here we are. If it were me and I was posed with that question, I would. and if I was a big hardcore BYU fan, I would go BYU winning. Because the sports is that important. It's just it, a, it's fun. I believe in the individual, and so whoever wins, if I want to improve my life, then I'm going to do it, and I'm going to make sure that I do what I need to do. And nobody's going to get in my way if I want to improve my life. I don't think a president's going to impede me, do I? <laughs> no. It's a, I'm going to get as much education as I can. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to be reliable. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do, I mean, all the things that I've done. I'm the, I, I like to think of myself the classic underdog who's also the classic American success story in some areas. In other areas that really matter, I'm the classic failure. But in some areas, in terms of work, I like to think that, man, I did it. And I, and I get it. For some other people, it's way harder. I understand that. I understand that completely. I've got friends, and they've told me stories. And I know. I know it is. Uh, but maybe I'm naive and Pollyannish, but I still like to think that if you're determined to be successful, even though some of us have far more obstacles and much, much greater odds to overcome, maybe I'm off base on this, and I think it's the individual. So for me, sports is fun, and if I'm a hardcore BYU fan, that I would much rather have the Cougars win. It's hard for me to relate because I'm not that intense People would find this surprising, but I'm not that intense a sports fan when it comes to winning and losing. I'm an intense sports fan, but it's about the competition that makes me the, the, the intense sports fan, not the outcome that determines whether I'm happy or sad. And that's why you can sit there and watch the Giants and the Bucks. Oh, easily. Because oh, sure, it ended up being Brady? competitive. Yeah, you had and a chance to the cha- game. Obviously, was very competitive. The game was yeah. very competitive, and you had a chance to channel surf away. But once the Giants built that lead, I think we all had the feeling like, "Oh, come on, Brady and the Bucks are too talented for this to happen." 
Uh, barely, but yeah. Barely, right, right. But they came back, they took the lead, and you know. Actually, I hate election night because uh, there's nothing for me to watch tonight. <laughs> watch a movie, PK. I don't want to. I want to watch sports. Well, this is what I get no excited sports. about. And when I saw that the Aggies are playing Thursday and the Cougars are playing Friday, I thought, sweet, sweeter, and Saturday will be the return of Pac-12 football. You know, it's, it's the Devils. I get that. But it doesn't matter who it would be. I'd be sitting in front of my television Sunday or uh, Saturday morning at 10 o'clock and the Utes at 2 and so forth and so on, Clemson and Notre Dame, and on and on it goes. And you said you see Los Angeles and Colorado? Hell, I'm going to paint my face blue. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, everything that you missed in this show in one nice, neat segment. Dylan Cauley, Frank Dolce joined us. Dylan with a take on Boise State that involved Michigan and Ohio State. We'll get to that coming up. Stay with us. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Coming up, we'll talk about the rest of the NBA, what's going on out east Be as back well. east. You said out east. What's the matter with the out east? Because it's back east. It's out west. Why? Because you've already been east. Everybody came east to west, so it's back east. What year is this? No. You're talking about like the mountain men? What are you talking about? Back so, east? You don't say out east. Because east isn't out. East is back. Out west. <laughs> Well, it probably stems from getting in the old prairie schooner and heading west, but it still applies. All right. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to recap everything we've been talking about in today's show. The uh, Buccaneers... Six and two at midseason. That whole uh, Tom Brady, let's, uh, you know, the future is now, PK. We're done gambling. We got some skill players. Obviously, Evans is a good receiver and made a great catch in that game. And they brought Gronk in and all that. So we know the storyline. They are six and two at midseason, on pace for 12 and four, looking like a real threat. I don't know, you know, where they'll stack up with the Packers and the Seahawks and uh, whoever else is in the mix, but certainly those two look like they're in the mix. But, uh, it's working for the Bucks. They've given themselves a shot here midway through the season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't put them the favorite, but at 6 and 2, you get to the postseason and uh, we'll see who gets there and what because we still have half the season to go. It's crazy to think that we're at half season, but yet we still obviously by definition still have a long way to go and a lot of things can happen. But right now, if I'm the Bucks with so many new faces that they brought in, I'm pretty happy at 6 and 2. The uh, Niners lost Jimmy Garoppolo for six weeks and George Kittle, uh, broken bone, so he's out for eight weeks. The Niners, who are 4-4 four and four at midseason, usually that positions you well uh, for the playoffs, possibly even the Super Bowl. We've seen teams 4-4 four and four at midseason get to the Super Bowl. But those are some big hits to take, especially in a division where nobody's got a losing record. It's a, a major setback for the Niners coming off a of Super Bowl season. Oh, yeah, I think with those types of injuries, you're done. The other NFL note, uh, everybody has seen the video of uh, Javon Wims punching C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Now, Wims claims that Gardner-Johnson had spit on him. Gardner-Johnson denies that. We've all seen the uh, the two punches now. He gets a two-game suspension. So is he getting one for each punch then? Is that the deal, PK? Is it a, a punch per game? I have no idea how they determine that, but 
That's a strong accusation. I mean, no one should be spitting on another human being, obviously. And then you can't do that in, in forms of competition. I realize things get heated, but come on, you can't do that. So I'm not sure what to make of that thing there. College football, uh, Cameron Cooper, the former Lehigh quarterback who passed for a gazillion yards during his high school career, went up to Washington State. He has been uh, beaten out now by a younger player, a true freshman. Jaden Delara is the uh, quarterback. He's a Hawaii high school kid. His coach, the new Washington State coach, is from Hawaii. So if Cameron Cooper feels like uh, he's not going to get a shot and he needs to transfer, see his show of hands. Who'd be surprised? I wouldn't think anybody, but I hope in this situation, I think that if that's the case, that the kid is immediately eligible. I don't see why they should be penalizing guys by letting him sit out, but we're seeing more and more of that, and then there's talk of the rule being passed to get to that point anyway. But, yeah, go ahead and find a place to play. Quarterback is a difficult position because only one kid plays usually, and that's all you want to have is one kid play. Uh, and your your time is being used. The clock is running. So you'd think that uh, you would go find an opportunity to play elsewhere. I don't know that that's the case, but that certainly has been the case many times over. Uh, another guy who got beat out of that job, this is a great name for a quarterback, Gunner Cruz. Gunner Cruz. He's flinging it all over the field. Well, he won't be because now he's a backup quarterback. But if he gets in, Gunner Cruz, remember the name. Well, yeah, obviously that in terms of Cooper, he was recruited by Leach. Leach has a grad transfer uh, in down there in Mississippi. So. Connect the dots. Uh, maybe so. Yeah. All right, we had, uh, had Dylan Colley on, former BYU wide receiver, and he says it sounds funny because Ohio State and Michigan have all kinds of tradition, but when he was in Hawaii, they got to play money games uh, at the big house in Ann Arbor, and they went to Columbus and played in the horseshoe, and he said for game day atmosphere, Boise is right there. Obviously, smaller stadium, smaller crowd, but he said you can feel it. You can just feel the passion. You run out on the field, and it just feels like college football. So, your challenge to the Cougars is what, PK? Well, it's an interesting balance that they have to strike because they have to be jacked to play. You've got to provide your uh, enthusiasm and emotion because there will be no crowd, but you don't want to get overhyped and go crazy there. And Boise, yeah, Boise, it's a, it's a legitimate uh, stadium there in terms of you know, it's not the biggest, obviously, but I've been up there for games, and you know they're tailgating and they're excited and everybody. And the thing about Boise, man, is you got everybody wearing that orange stuff that they got the orange and blue, uh, my high school colors. And uh, so, make be emotionally prepared, but don't be overhyped and block out everything and find a way to do what you do because I think that in the end this game here I've seen enough of the Cougars to know that they've got talent and I think it comes down to the ability to it sounds cliche and it's trite when on during football but execute the plays that you're capable of doing don't go beyond that and and play to the level of you being able to play and if you should do if you do that minimally you'll be in the ball game and and you know I like your chances to win We've been talking today about BYU, biggest games in school history. Uh, from the uh, Miami game that uh, 
you know, beating a 10 and 2 Miami game at home and it launched Detmer on the way to the Heisman. The Heisman and the national title, the two coolest things to happen to, to BYU. So the 84 game with Michigan came up with a handful of other games from the, uh, the Cotton Bowl to the Holiday Bowl when they were 11 and 0 going for an undefeated season. Uh, 2001, Croton's team had started 12 and 0 going out to Hawaii. That uh, was obviously a big game. This is a big game, but it is such a weird year. It's a battle of undefeateds. This will be the only time that a 7-0 and team plays a 2-0 and team. You'd think so, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's crazy the way that, that, that those are the records. But, you know, hats off to BYU and Tom Homo for forging ahead the lone wolf in the West. <laughs> and they've gotten seven games in, and they've only missed one. That, boy, if you would in uh, September 1st, if you said that, I think you would take that for sure, irregardless of the results of the games, but just the fact that you've been able to play them and uh, all the circumstances that involve there has been pretty good. Boise's a member of conference, so they got to go along with what they do. To me, it's clear that these other conferences in the West should have tried it earlier, even if there would have been some suspensions or cancellations, postponements, or what do they what do they call it? Uh, no contests, I guess, uh, rather than forfeits. If if it came to that, but it didn't. So here we are in this situation. I don't know that it necessarily favors either team, or either team has a disadvantage. So I have been waiting, uh, along with everybody else, to see if Tom Homo would be able to get a game and plug it into any of these open weeks. November fourteen. Uh, which is a week from Saturday, uh, November 28th, which is Thanksgiving weekend, and then the first Saturday in December the 5th. There's three open dates uh, for BYU to play a game. I suppose if you really want to color outside the lines, you could try to get a game on the 19th. If a team wanted to play and get in another game, but they weren't in a conference title game, that seems unlikely to me. I kind of focused on the other three uh, dates. But we're coming up on November 14th, PK, and because this is totally a new situation, there's no official cutoff date for announcing a game, but I kind of feel like we're, we're just about there. I think they could add something the rest of this week, and it would be doable playing. But somehow, I think by the time you get to that Boise State kickoff, then it's too late. They really need a team. If, there's, you know, if somebody has positive tests and says, hey, we can't play on the 14th, then someone could be looking for a game. But it feels to me like that's got to happen in like the next three days. For when? The, all three weeks that for you the four, listed? No, just for the 14th. Oh, just for the 14th, okay. Yeah, all I think right. the 28th would be in play. It seems to me okay. like you got to have it seven to eight days in advance. Makes sense. The teams have got to be able... Now, I know they tried to and it didn't work, but when Houston and Baylor were going to play because both their opponents canceled uh, yeah. because of COVID tests, that broke... Um, I think there was some interest on Thursday, but it broke publicly on Friday eight days before the date. And the coaches, I especially remember the, the Houston, the, the quotes coming out of Houston, were, you know, what a scramble it was. The grad assistants had to work on Saturday, you know, breaking down film. And so just the way they talked, it made me think like, well, you can't really prep for a game any faster than that. And think you're going to get any kind of real result. I mean, you could just play and say, well, we're not going to watch your film. We're just going to do what we do. But then whoever loses can say, well, that wasn't really a real game. 
and then whoever wins it can be dismissed by somebody as else as well. Yeah, they didn't really prep for you though. That's not a real game. So it it feels to me, and there's no official rule about this. So I guess who cares what it feels like to me, right? But just trying to figure out where public consensus would go on this. Seven, eight days. It seems like, and I know we're thinking, hey, maybe he can add a game, but it, it feels like we're coming right up on one of those windows. On the fourteenth, yeah, I would yep. agree with that. Yeah. All right, we had Frank Dolce on to talk uh, Utah football and uh, four and two or five and one. He would never pick undefeated, even when they're playing half a season. Well, I'm more comfortable picking undefeated with half a season. I never pick undefeated with a regular twelve game season. I just, I just think that's particularly in a Pac-12. I think it's because it's rarely done. So, and I got, and I got history on my side, but. Uh, I think this is. I think six and zero for. I don't, I'm not speaking specifically for the Utes, but I think six and zero is doable. But then that seventh game, uh, that becomes difficult. Uh, so even even how you know how many teams have seven game winning streaks during uh, during the season? Now, not very many. Oregon, or, Oregon and Utah had it last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Oregon and Utah did last year. You beat me right to it. Uh, did USC? They had a pretty good streak, but I don't know that it got to seven. Well, I know they lost to Washington, was it the week after or the two weeks after beating the Utes? So, yeah, if you if you win seven games in a row, you probably got a 10-win season. Yeah, you're right about uh, USC. It was a five-game winning streak to close the season, seven out of eight. It was the Notre Dame game. Conversely, it's difficult to lose seven in a row, which is what Arizona, Arizona did. Arizona did pull that off, yes. Let's hear eight. Do I hear eight? Do I hear eight? Yes. (laughs) Well, there are people who think you're going to hear 13 for them. That it really comes down. It really comes down to Colorado. That for Arizona and Colorado, they got to beat each other because they can't beat anybody else. And that might be giving UCLA too much credit. But Arizona got handed Washington as their crossover game. So good luck with that. Yeah, I think Arizona gets two wins. I think Arizona's going to be able to move the ball through the air. So they'll beat somebody 38-35 or 45-41 or something crazy like that? I like this quarterback. Yeah, I can see where you're going. I like the quarterback. They've got decent receivers. They certainly got some excellent height. I don't think they're starting a receiver under six. They got a couple of six, two, six, three guys. Well, if you're looking for so, an upset, then the Utes. It's the first game. It's unpredictable. They're breaking in a new secondary. Yeah, but isn't the weather supposed to be miserable? It's supposed to be getting colder. I don't know. Um, the the you know the temperatures we're, we're kind of in the sixties this week. This is pretty nice. Um, how will Arizona throw the ball around if the temperatures are in the fifties? I think well, Sunday no, I it gets think really. If it's in the 50s, they'll be fine. Yeah, I think Sunday but if it gets it's really bad. Snowing and rainy. Uh, let's see. Every year I go to my phone for the weather. Yeah, I was about to. And uh, I got to my phone. It says oh, 80% Saturday. chance of snow. Yeah, on yeah, Sunday. yeah. Saturday. Uh, Saturday, I see a rain snow mix, high of 47, low of 27. Saturday's going to yeah. suck. It's coming in earlier than anticipated. So, yeah. I think that could impact Arizona's strength. Where Utah, you know, we can change. Turn around and hand it off. All we want. (laughs) Turn around and hand it off. 
So I mean, we get all worked up. Who the quarterback's going to be? Blah 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 blah. <laughs> who gets to hand the but, ball off thirty-five times? <laughs> yeah, and make safe passes. I mean, I asked Kyle about Cam Rising, and he goes right to he got loose with the ball during his redshirt year, and you know he's cleaned that up. Blah 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 blah. So until I see otherwise at Utah. I'm going to expect the same. And why should I see otherwise? They've been very good uh, with this format. And so uh, the weather, you know, I saw over there Colorado when they won the division the first time. The weather was miserable, and they did what they did, and they just blew the buffs off the field. Yeah, it was handoff, 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 throw a deep post. (laughs) Get everybody playing the run and get behind them and just throw it over the top. Go get it. Right, and they had success. That wasn't a good Colorado team, obviously, but uh, I suspect they'll do the same thing, irregardless of whether it's 80 degrees or it's 40 degrees. All right, DJ and PK, that is what we have been talking about today. Your feedback. we got people coming in, coming up. Would they rather <clears throat> win Friday or win tonight? We'll get to that next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Jay Hill, head coach at Weber State. Were you on Zach Wilson? Did you identify him as a potential great quarterback in high school? He was my favorite guy I saw that year. And I know that's easy to say because anybody can say that now that he's having all this success. But the reality is that he should talk, he was recruiting him from our staff. We had him up at a one-day summer workout that we could have him here for camp. And I watched him throw in person. He was my favorite guy for sure that year. I made him my favorite player I've ever seen in person that particular year. And that's real. I loved his film his senior year. He could throw it. He was athletic. He was a leader. And now I'm glad he's starting to show exactly what I saw because early on in his career, people questioned whether he was the right guy. And I always believed he was. Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Question of the day, we had it out there earlier this morning. People still reacting on Twitter. Where does this BYU-Boise State game rank on the list of biggest games in Cougar football history? And Rick says, it's embarrassing that it would even be on the list. It's amazing how far this program has plummeted. At Jim McMahon, he tweets at Jim, so Jim sees it. Yeah. Jim, you need to know this. Look at what these clowns are talking about. Jim's social media team will see it. Yeah, right. Funny. Like they didn't like they didn't beat up on teams far worse than Boise State back in the Jim McMahon era. Can I introduce you to UTEP? Ah, oh, you know, it's one of the interesting things about um, when Lavelle didn't have as much success in the 90s as he had in the 80s. You know, he didn't win the conference title every year in the 90s. And he only had one one-loss season in the 90s. Well, a lot of it is because the uh, non-conference schedule got upgraded big time, right? They're playing the UCLA's and the Florida State's and the Colorado's and Miami and Washington and on down the list. But I, I remember reading interesting stuff then and whack coaches saying, yeah, well, part of BYU's pro- problem is the middle of the whack got way better. It got way better in the 90s than what they were beating up on in the late 70s and the early 80s. 
you know, that Air Force came into the league and was good, and Air Force hadn't hadn't been in the league uh, in the late 70s and early 80s. I, I'm not sure when they came in, maybe 82, I guess. So they would have gotten a couple years in there uh, without him. And certainly in the 70s, you know, things change big time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy in retrospect what people think. And then you go back and well, really dig into it. You know, this, this boy, it's like you said, this Boise State team has been winning for 20 years, and the list of Power Five teams that they've beaten is pretty good. <laughs> it's really a pretty good list. Uh, so if, if you beat Boise State, especially if you beat them at home where they've lost like nine games in 20 years, that's a really good win. If, if there's and any where school, you've never won, by the way. Yeah, if you're if you're zero and five in a state in, as a visitor, and if the home team has only lost nine times in twenty years, then that's a good win. Especially because after two games, doesn't this Bronco team look like we just did this for the Utes this morning? Uh, they're gonna, you know, four and two worst case, six and zero oh best case, right? Well, what's the best case worst case for the Broncos? Six and two or eight? No, they're not going to be worse than six and two. There's no way they're going to be worse than six and no, two. No, it's just not happening. It's not happening, PK. <laughs> Sterling says it's the biggest game in my fandom. All the non-power five teams who have made the jump recently to the power five broke the BCS, which is what this game is essentially means. I really think to get a Power 5 invite, BYU has to have a brand that is so good they cannot be ignored. They need to win. I agree. Yes. Teams that have made the jump. Uh, obviously, the Utes went to a couple of those games, 04 and 08, and obviously TCU went to a couple because they won a Rose Bowl. And uh, Louisville did go to a Sugar Bowl right before they jumped to the ACC also. Wade says, I remember being undefeated, and I believe top 10 only get crushed by TCU. Why does this setup seem so familiar? It's probably worth a million bucks to Zach and $4 million to BYU. I don't know where he comes up with those numbers. <laughs> it's, Sounds good. Yeah, it does. I guess, yeah, it's worth a million. I mean, just as a figure of speech. Where he gets drafted will obviously impact this, the, his rookie contract. Oh, well, that'll have a direct impact. Right. I mean, that's the way it works. And the way he plays will determine uh, what his future is. But initially, the cash is going to be determined on where you're getting drafted. Certainly, yes. And uh, this is a data point, as they say. And there'll be plenty of others going forward. And he's going to get drafted. I mean, I don't think that's any question. And then it's a matter of what you do. Uh, you know, you can get your money and you want to get higher drafted because you get more money. I understand that. But then after you get that, uh, pretty much everything is even. You can get uh, Robert Griffin could be drafted in the first round, and Kirk Cousins could be drafted in the fourth. And Cousins still playing. I think Griffin's a backup somewhere. But, uh, you know, obviously it didn't matter once they got out on the field. Speaking of getting out on the field, Schefter reporting that Jamal Williams and Dylan, the other running back, they're going to miss Thursday's game against the uh, Niners due to COVID protocols. Oh, really? Adam yeah. Schefter, ESPN. Well, we already covered this earlier in the show. The Niners are going to be shorthanded, too, missing their star tight end, missing their starting quarterback. So, have to make do. Uh, LVJ tweets at us, man. This is comprehensive. The Boise State game is probably top 20 in BYU history. And then a list of years, teams, and results. It's like a media guide on Twitter. 1980 SMU. Okay, so the Miracle Bowl, that was a big game, right? That's a bowl game. This is a regular season game, though. 81, UNLV, and L, ranked eighth with McMahon, and they blew the game. Oh, so the people tweeting at Jim. 
<laughs> and Jim's really? like, in 1981, <laughs> Vegas beat them, huh? Uh, you know, I remember there was a year that they lost their opener to Mexico, and that blew. I remember, you know, it's a it's a whole different era. You know, with Twitter, you you know when the team is behind, you don't even wait for the final score. You know it's coming. But I remember going to an Aztec game and they had scores up on the board, and they'd lost to New Mexico, and we all thought someone had typed it in wrong. Like they could not possibly have lost to New Mexico, but they had. I don't have any memory of that. Uh, 1981 BYU football team. Yes, they were ranked number eight. There it is. They were 5-0, and and it was a home game, and UNLV beat them oh. 45-41. And they went to Wyoming a couple weeks later and, and lost. Great. Love to hear the 81 schedule. <laughs> we'll end on that note. DJ and PK, anything else you'd like to tell the people? Yeah, I mean, I mean good luck to your guy, man. I hope it's good news. It will be for me. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280. The Zone, Hans and Scotty are up next.